Hello, I'm Michael, and welcome to Diary of a Codependent Love Addict. This journal entry is for the week ending July 16, 2021. Today, I'll be talking about the signs of enabling. I belong to a variety of 12-step programs, and at times I'm bombarded with information. I recently found information about enabling and thought I'd say a word or two about it. GoodTherapy.org defines enabling as when someone else will always fix, solve, or make the consequences go away. When someone is in the throes of an addiction or other grossly dysfunctional behavior pattern, he or she begins to rely on the resources available. Now, I have enabled various qualifiers to get away with murder, and I took the L's. Now, here are some signs of enabling and how I manage to enable others. One, doing things for others before they ask for your help because you believe they can't do it without you. Now, at times, I'll be honest with you, I've been a control freak. My mentality has been, if I don't do it, then else will. Now, the only problem with this type of thinking for me is that I will complete a project from start to finish, then I complain that no one else helped me with it. Now, I'm quite sure they wanted to, but I didn't give them the opportunity. As of recently, um, I've reduced the urge to do things myself by forcing me to ask for help from others. Number two, saving people from the natural consequences of their decisions. One of my qualifiers was my mother. My mother often said things when she was drunk to myself and to others that I look back on now and, and I know I should have said something about it then. Now, I made a variety of excuses for her behavior because I saw what she was as a reflection of me being a bad son if I opened my mouth and said something to someone else. Number three, strategizing and solving problems that are not your issues. There were many times I found myself coming up with solutions for others who did not ask for my help, nor did they even want it. Yet, I forced my ideas onto them with the hope that they would acknowledge me at some other time of how wonderful and how great the idea was and how they couldn't have done it without me. Yeah, right. Number four, doing things for people before they have the opportunity to do them for themselves. This goes along with number three of strategizing and solving issues that are not your issues. Number five, hand-holding instead of empowering. The definition of hand-holding is an expression meaning to provide guidance, assistance, encouragement, or aid and support to lessen anxiety. I got that from yourdictionary.com. I laughed after reading the definition after asking myself this question. Now, whose anxieties are we lessening, theirs or ours? Empowerment is giving someone the ability to do something on their own. Number six, doing things for others instead of teaching them to do things for themselves. Now, during the summer, 
I work at a summer camp as a recreational leader, along with another fellow. Now, I've had to learn to give up control and teach him some things that I've learned over the years. With about two weeks remaining in camp, I've given him the reins to do whatever he wants, and I have chosen to just kind of sit in the background. Number seven, indulging poor behaviors because you feel responsible for them. Back in college, I was the DA. Now, if you don't know what the DA, I'll spell it out for you. It is the designated asshole. That's right. I was responsible for driving my drunk roommates home from the club every Friday and Saturday night. You see, I didn't drink, and they did. And they could rely on good old Michael to drive them home. Number eight, making excuses for poor behavior. I once had an elementary school teacher who pulled me aside um, after a play that I was working on, and she asked me where my mother was. And this was on play night. You know, there were there was a Friday night, a Saturday night, and a Sunday afternoon, of which my mom never showed up for any of my um, school functions. So I made up some lame excuse like she wasn't feeling well. Now, this was a lie, of course. And then the fact of the matter was she either was too drunk to show up or she just really didn't care if I was in a play or anything else at all. Number nine, helping when it's not appropriate. I've jumped in to do some things for someone else when other th- other people express interest in doing the same exact thing for that person. Now, being in program for the last four or five years now, I've learned just to keep my mouth shut and allow other people to join if they want. If they if they want to volunteer, by all means, go right ahead. If I'm not directly involved and you've asked me to do something, I just walk away and without trepidation. Number 10. Denial that a problem exists despite evidence to the contrary. Now, this happened to me more internally than externally. I'd make up excuses in my head to justify what was happening in in the open. And it's only when I have a conversation with my wounded child that I can talk reason to him. That what's happening is a problem. Now, I've improved over the years with dealing with enabling others as well as myself. I've learned to tell myself that it's okay to not want to fix other people's problems and allow them to clean up their messes. I am only responsible for my side of the street. I'm not responsible for anyone else's dirty work or I'm not responsible for making sure that someone else's side of the street is clean. I hope that you're having a wonderful week, and I really appreciate you joining me on my journey of a diary of a codependent love addict. Uh, until we see each other again soon, or we you hear from each other again soon, namaste, and uh, talk to you soon.